0: Monday, February 26, 2024, and this is episode 15 of the Well Played Podcast, home of everything you want to know and nothing that you need to. I'm your host, Warren Curtis. This week we're talking about Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, and all those games, podcasts, and directs. But first, let's talk about what it is we do here. We talk about games and news, leaks and rumors, and give our opinions on why these things matter. We will talk about gaming as an adult and as parents. And we will also talk about the games that we are playing. You can find more from us on YouTube. The link is in the description of the audio show. And on Twitter by following at Amarin Studios. That is A-M-A-R-R-E-N-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. We are available as an audio show on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you want to catch your pods. Be sure to like us, rate us, ring that bell, because all of that helps everyone else find the show. And we want those comments. We want your feedback. So let's hear it. Um, just remind you about wellplayedpodcast.blogspot.com where you'll find news and op-eds and other pieces from us on a regular basis uh, with all that said let's get into it um, it's been a busy uh, couple weeks here for us since uh, since the last time we were on the show um, I went back to work and, and things like that so I just had to find like a balance and, and get my feet wet with that again and then uh and get back into this, but of course, when I go do something like that, all hell breaks loose in in the news uh, side of things. So that it is uh, what it is. Anyways, um, another thing I did want to bring up is I've noticed that there's been some audio issues on the show uh, since I've moved this all around, and um, and I think it was just some settings and stuff kind of reverted to default that I didn't pick up on. I think I have it. Um, but then as soon as I upload it to the services, uh, it gets, uh, on, on, one of the services or, well, it's Spotify that does it, but what they do is they take the audio and the video and they, they actually separate the audio off and then that gets sent to Apple and, and well, Google pods isn't anymore, but all the other pod services. And, um, when it does that, it seems to get really quiet. So, so like the proper volume is on youtube and i think on the spotify video it's fine but when it gets stripped it kind of gets a little quieter and i also noticed some video latency and things like that happening so i think i've gotten all that uh balance, but if not please hit me up let me know what service it is that you're finding the issue on um and a little bit about uh the podcast itself and and the well-played uh kind of network here we've been um we've been growing Pretty substantially, and I'd like to say thank you to everybody that's uh, done that. We are in the top 25 shows in Canada right now um, for video gaming um, shows, which is really cool. Um, and we have this wonderful audience um, that seems to be obviously there's a lot of Canadian and American viewers here, but there's uh, we we've got viewers coming in through Spotify from from Europe, uh, Scotland, Ireland, uh, the United Kingdom. Um, it's really cool to see all this stuff. And I really thank you for, for tuning in when I do these things. It means a lot. And, uh, I'm going to try to keep it up anyways into the news. Uh, Xbox had a podcast and, uh, and this is the week that I think everybody discovered that Xbox actually has an official podcast. Um, anyways, uh, on that podcast, it was their, their business podcast update, I guess is what they called it. And what that really is code for is uh, is damage control. It's, it's putting out fires. So in this podcast, they kind of gave uh, an update addressing the rumors and they came right out of the box about this addressing the rumors about console game exclusivity. And I think I said those words, right? Um, there are four games at this time, four games coming to other consoles uh, and that being PlayStation and Nintendo, obviously. Um and the way Phil expressed it was two smaller games and two community games. And uh as I reported earlier, those games are Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Sea of Thieves, and Grounded. Um and and Xbox has come out and confirmed that since then. Uh he didn't want to announce it during the show, uh, because there was things kind of as he said, like there's announcements planned and and things like that happening with the teams, and they wanted them to be able to do it. Um, all that happened at the Nintendo direct that happened after that kind of called all that anyways. Um, but let's kind of talk about what it is that was discussed at this, at this business update. Um, he kind of phrased it as, you know, they're testing the waters. There's four games now that are coming and they're kind of smaller games that have reached their saturation potential with the Xbox market. Um, and and this is a way to put these games in front of new audiences, and and get them out there, which is all stuff that I said before. Like, uh, if you've been following along, the, the the business sense makes total logic here, right? Like, it it balances it itself out. Um, you know, a game like Hi Fi Russian Pentiment, uh, for example. These these are the smaller games that they were referring to. Um, they are. They've reached their potential with Xbox. In order to continue monotonizing them, for lack of a better term, they gotta go elsewhere. And, uh, and it makes sense to put them on on these consoles. Um, sea of Thieves and Grounded, they're community games. They, they need a community to flourish. That community is as big as it's really gonna get on Xbox and PC. So moving into the next phase of bringing that to consoles or to other consoles as well. Um totally makes sense. He did say, he did go as far as saying that, you know, um, Starfield and Indiana Jones weren't one of these games. And there was a very specific wording there. He said those are uh, those two games, Starfield and Indiana Jones aren't part of these games. He didn't say they weren't considering them because we know they are, right? That's where these rumors have come from., um, but he also didn't go as far as to say, never say never. And he actually said uh, in a different interview afterwards, like never, he's never going to take anything off the table. All options are on the table. So it's, it's more so of a, whether it makes a business case at that point in time to do it. Right. Um, that being said, you know, from a business standpoint, you're going to still see console exclusivity. It makes sense for them to do that. Um, it that there's a kind of a balance that you have to strike in between that. So, you know, on a live service game, you, you kind of got to strike with the iron's hot. Uh, as an aside, look at like Helldivers 2 right now, it is huge, right? It's taken the world by storm, it's gone viral, it's on TikTok, you see it everywhere. It would not be that way if that was just a PS5 game, but it's a PS5 and, and PC game, and that's very beneficial. Um, and games like that need to be able to do that kind of thing in order to, to smash these records and get the exposure that they need and get the attention while everybody else has got the attention. If a game comes out now that is locked into one ecosystem, whether it's Xbox or PlayStation or what have you, and then it comes to other consoles later or other platforms later and it's a live game, it kind of everything kind of gets cooled down on it right? There's very few exceptions that would, that that wouldn't be true to. A game like maybe Final Fantasy 14 would work, right? We're seeing that roll out slowly onto the Xbox now. Um, but that is so huge in, in, in such big demand. And they're also opening the door to the smallest kind of pot available to them um, at the end of that, right? It was a PC and uh, and PS5 exclusive before that so or PlayStation exclusive before that. So it's a, it's a little different. Um, and and he also went on to talk about how they got to grow the business. you know we we can extrapolate from numbers. Take 2 had their earnings call and we can extrapolate from that earnings call that Xbox is sitting around 28 to 29 million series units sold, whether it's series S or series X units are sold um it's probably not going to grow exponentially right we are at that point in the in the ecosystem in the life cycle of of these consoles where yeah they'll get a couple more million but it, it, they're not going to double in between now and in the end of the cycle right um and it'll happen slower much slower the adoption rate is going to be much slower so you need to grow your business and how are you going to do that? You, you have two options. You can extract more money from the consumer, right? So that takes that 28 million people, uh, that have that console and ask them to spend $10 more on a game or whatever it is by raising the prices, raise the price on game pass, whatever it is, or you can grow that 28 million people, right? And the only way to grow that 28 million people is to put your games in front of them. Right, they're not going to buy the the consoles. So you, now you got to take you know your games and test it out. And Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Sea of Thieves, and Grounded are all good test subjects to that. Right, and they're all coming from studios that have pretty good experience with with other platforms. Although, so admittedly, Sea of Thieves is never developed for the PlayStation because they were um, part owned uh, owned part owned uh, I'm okay. Part owned by Nintendo, and then bought by Microsoft. So they've never done that part of it, but they do have experience kind of in the broader scope of things. Um, and then obviously Obsidian is is the powerhouse, I think over at Xbox right now. And, uh, and Hi-Fi Rush come from Tango Gameworks. They have experience on the PlayStation as well. So there is a lot of potential there for them to execute on this properly and, and move on with that and see where it goes we're not going to see day and date, you know, I'll talk a bit more about that in a bit, but we're not going to see things like day and date, multi-platform releases out of them on things that really matter. As I say live games are a little bit of a different thing and you got to consider releasing those everywhere right off the hop. And I think, you know, to a degree PlayStation needs to do that too. Um, and they're, you know, they're kind of are doing it. Like look at a uh, Bungie is making marathon, right? I've, I'm not sure if that's going to be a live game, but they're making Marathon, and it's coming to Xbox as well as PlayStation. And Bungie is owned by PlayStation, so they are doing the same thing over there, right now. Bungie kind of gets to do what they want to do because Destiny is so successful, but um, you know, they're still that still kind of goes against everything that the PlayStation brand has been standing up. For the entire time, so seeing that happen over there, to admittedly a lot less fanfare than than what's happening here, or a lot less commotion than what's happening here, is is very interesting. Um, and then obviously there, there's kind of the 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 big question here is, well, what happens to my stuff, right? Like, wh- what's happening with Xbox? If if I own all this stuff on my Xbox, what's happening here? Um, the the short answer is the same as the long answer. nothing um, nothing's changing. Microsoft is is committed to the brand. Xbox is such a big wing right now. it's overtaken windows as far as revenue generator um, within Microsoft so it's it's pretty big um, and you can think things like call of duty like that but what it is is and and, and they said this in there any of their platforms are bigger than their consoles, right? When you think of it, um, games like call of duty and Minecraft, right? Which are Microsoft games. Now you got to think of that. They are bigger than the, than the box that they're running on. Um, it used to be that your games serviced selling the console. So, you know, back in, in, well, even in the last generation, but, uh, forever it's always been you You want them to buy that $500 box off of you or whatever it is off of you for uh, for profit, right? So you sell them these really cool games that they want to buy that box off of you, and that just keeps snowballing it. So everything was in service of the console. Um, that's changed now things like fortnite and apex have changed that fortnite is a platform all on its own that has games inside of it and it doesn't matter where you play that where you experience that um things like call of duty and warzone and minecraft and hopefully you know see if these and grounded can get to these or similar not similar numbers but comparable numbers based off of their scale uh You can see things like that happening where they're building these platforms up and the box is the advantage. It's not the selling feature of it, right? And that kind of goes hand in hand with how you got to plan out your next hardware generation, which they did touch on a little bit. There is some new hardware plans in the pipeline. Um, They said that this holiday, we will hear some hardware news. Um, I'm imagining that's gonna be some sort of a refresh of some sort leading into it i don't i still don't think we're going to get a new generation until like 2026 at the very earliest uh holiday 26 probably 27 and if you're smart you launch that along things like elder scrolls and stuff like that so you make sure that those things are in the pipeline ready to roll um but when it does come to the next generation sarah bond went on to promise or detail, the biggest, and I'm quoting here, biggest technological leap from one generation to the next. Now, I I don't know. I, I could have Googled it, I guess. Let's check to see what Sarah Bond's age was, but um, I was alive when we went from 2D to 3D, and I don't think that's going to get any, there's any bigger of a leap there. You go from 2D to 3D, and then we went from like, you know, 480 to high high def and i think that's about like the best you can really expect and even then that jump to high def was nowhere near the jump to 3d for a lot of people um 3d gaming really changed not only how games were thought of and perceived you know you went from running around as a plumber going across the screen to having you know a whole three-dimensional world to interact with um but it also changed how games were designed and and everything was built from the ground up to service that. And I don't necessarily see that there, but what I do see happening is, um, a lot of different concepts for how gaming can be, uh, absorbed, I guess would probably be the proper term, you know, as, as consumers, we consume that. We obviously consume the the product. That's why we're called consumers. But how do, how do we consume gaming? How do we get that to us? Right. Right now, it's a box hooked up to a TV or a, a computer with a monitor. Um, there's you know some handheld options, things like that. Right. You got to think of how Xbox has voiced their strategy over the course of time to where we are now right? And and kind of see how things are progressing. Their strategy has been fairly consistent in the Phil Spencer era. Um, you know, you kind of think of these things, right? You know, anywhere where Xbox Game Pass is, things like that, those kind of phrasings mean something, and they're very important to think about. And when they say stuff like that, they are meaning you know, and, and Sarah Bond said this as well in their uh, in their town hall that they had at Microsoft with all the Xbox employees. Every screen is an Xbox, right? Every screen can deliver your product and that's what they're going for, right? So they, they wanna put as many things in front of you that mean you can consume their product. That's makes it easy, remove barriers. So how do they go about this technological leap? while at the same time doing that, they need to separate themselves from PlayStation. And this isn't, I think, just my consensus. I think if you talk to a lot of analysts and stuff like that, read what they have to say, whatever it is, they're probably gonna be saying the same thing. You need to separate yourself from PlayStation. You know, The last two generations, they've matched what PlayStation has done, right? Didn't work too well. You think the last time Xbox had the upper hand was in the PS3 generation, PS3, Xbox 360. Why did they have the upper generation or upper hand on that generation? They got into it early, right? The Xbox 360 came out pretty quickly after the Xbox One. The original Xbox, sorry. Don't want to get too confusing here. Um, and the Xbox 360 utilized the DirectX uh, direct architecture. Um, obviously that's why it's called the Xbox, It's the DirectX Xbox, but it used PC gaming um uh, architecture and, and it was very simplified to program for because if you're making it for a computer you can basically you're making it for the xbox at the same time and that made it astoundingly easy to ship games on whereas the core processor the the broadband processor on um the uh the ps3 or the, sorry the cell broadband engine made it a lot harder to uh, to program for because you had certain logics and things like that that's all boring stuff i'm not going to get into that but The point is, is the PS3 was a technological marvel and it was leaps and bounds more impressive than anything Xbox had at the time. But because it was more difficult, uh, Xbox really hands down won that generation because of that. Right? PlayStation put up a good fight, but PlayStation really had to push into the PS4 era in order to get the upper hand there and they did, right? Um, the, the Xbox one and the, uh, the PS4 were very similar in architecture, um, very similar machines. And here we are now, they are almost identical machines running identical hardware almost right. The Xbox series X has got an advantage here. The PS5 has got an advantage there. It is what it is. And what's happening is PlayStation said selling them. Why part of it's because that's where the games are. Right, you know, uh, you you have your your Call of Duties, you have your Fifas, you can play those anywhere. Um, but then you also have, you know, your exclusives and your tentpole games, and, and Sony's really good at marketing that and selling that image. Um, they're they're good at distinguishing themselves as a gaming company and distinguishing why you want to play with their product. Um, Microsoft needs to stop playing that game and go. That's cool. You can have that. Here's something different. That's what Nintendo's done with the Switch, and it's working very well, exceedingly well, actually. And then the other option that you really have there is is the form factor. And I just kind of said it. The Switch is a wonderful form factor. Um, The Steam Deck, excellent form factor. The uh, Rogue Ally, you know we keep on coming up with uh, the same kind of thing here and Xbox needs to, to really get on that handheld thing. And that's where it is. And we talked about this a bit last uh, episode about having a handheld um, and why that makes sense and how there's rumors of one being in development. Um, You know, I haven't seen anything concrete, but I've heard from reliable people that this is what's happening. However, now we can tell you know based off of LinkedIn for example something is happening there because the console team the the hardware team over at, at Xbox has been merged with the Microsoft Surface team which is the Surface tablets right um and there's only re- one reason why you'd really want to do that one well just two you'd want to streamline your your hardware operations un- under one banner probably be a lot more efficient when it comes to r and d and when you're negotiating chips and things like that and secondly because you probably want them to work on a family of products that make sense right and with you know Microsoft Office and and Microsoft's productivity software running basically through the cloud now um, you know you just type in uh, you know, Office 365 login and boom, you can just log into it and run it from your phone or your computer. It doesn't even have to be your computer, It'd be somebody else's computer and you're not messing with settings or anything like that. And you've got your access to Word and Excel and PowerPoint and all your email and files and shared folders and things like that all through there. Um, there's no reason why that can't be done on an Xbox. And I think they know that. Uh, so, like if this was me, if this is my horse in the race, I would probably be looking at, okay, so you have your, I don't want to say entry level, but you have your 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 two tiers right now, right? We have your Series S and you have your Series X, right? The Series X is the premier thing and it matches what the PS5 is. And the Series S is the the door kicker, right? And that's, it's the cheaper one that goes, oh, you know what? It's okay for Xbox not to be your primary gaming console. You can just have a Series S. Um, you can play games on it. You know, you're, you're going to get those Xbox experiences, but we know you're probably playing the big stuff over on that other thing, right? And that's fine. That's that's totally okay. I think, um, and and they're probably better at telling the metrics on this because they're the ones that can tell you how what the split is on who's buying what. But um, I think what you would want to do is come up with something that is a good, decent performance. Right. So let let's say this handheld thing's real and they have a dockable handheld that is, you know, a decent unit. Um you put that in at the power output of what the the next is going to be. You know, that the PS six benchmark, whatever that's going to be from AMD, or I'm assuming it's going to be AMD. Yeah, it'll be AMD making the PS6. Um, sorry, I just had to go through the whole who's doing what in my head right now, right? So you basically know where that's going to be targeting based off of how that's being built and that, and how AMD is leaning with their tech. Um, so you target something like that with your handheld, right? And you make it, let's say, I'm just going to say 500 bucks, you know, 500 American dollar ruse. And then uh, you want to uh, distinguish yourself from the others. You basically put like an $800 mini gaming rig in a box and make it, you know, kind of the $500 thing is the best that you can get out of parts on the shelf, the parts that are available the day that thing launches. But that $800 one, that's got some skunk work stuff that you never heard of before in it. Like it's got some... You know, it's got the next video card. It's got the next processor in it um, and those kind of things. And, uh, and you go with that. You, so you distinguish it by making your flagship console the premier gaming experience as opposed to just being the same gaming experience. And, and whatever features and bonuses that you want to add to that, Sure, that's fine. And and that's how Microsoft does that. How do they make it the biggest technological leap? I don't know. Aside from beaming it straight into your head, I really don't understand how that can be done. Um, I guess it all depends on what you're referring to as a technological leap, right? If there's just plain up saying, you know, we're going to quadruple the amount of teraflops and that is the biggest technological leap, I guess technically you're right, you know. The biggest technological leap to me is going from a 16-bit processor to a 32-bit processor, but it involved going to 3D. It had very little to do with the fact that it was, you know, a double the uh, power processor. I really didn't care about that. It was the 3D, but they could be referring to the power of the processors. They could be referring to stats on a spreadsheet in in this technological leap and. I said before I wasn't quite sure who this is going to come with, whether it's going to be Intel or NVIDIA or AMD because Microsoft has been shopping around. Um, this last week, Microsoft did sign an agreement with Intel to produce Microsoft-designed chips for Microsoft-designed things. Um, this, this sounds very much like I would expect Intel to be inside the next generation of Xbox hardware. Um, I would expect Intel to be inside of pretty much anything Microsoft builds for the next little bit. Um, I don't know where Intel is on their mobile processors, but I really hope this kind of indicates the return to the phone market. That would be really good. I think think Microsoft needs to bring back Windows Phone to be honest, but it is what it is. Anyways, with all that said, you know, hardware, maybe they use cloud, I guess. Just kind of thought, Uh, came to me they have the Azure technology they could do something there as well to stream in data and things like that to the consoles but then you're looking at internet connections always on and that isn't going to service the vast majority again they know they know every single console sold and they know how many of them are connected to the internet so they know the numbers but to me that alienates quite a bit of potential consumer base by requiring you know this type of speedy connection. With that said, um, all digital series X is rumored, um, and this this is funny because uh, this rumor is a lot different than the last one um, that I heard with about it. And the last one, you know, we I showed you the Microsoft documents about that. It was Project Brooklyn. It was a series X that was round, had no disk drive. Blah 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 blah. This is a Series X that is the same shape as the current one, same size by the looks of it. However, it is white and not black. And uh, you know, other than that, it's basically the same thing. No disk drive, so it's digital only. Um, improved chipset and heat sink. Uh, heat sink, according to the the rumor. Again that is still just, that's more efficiency. It's the same performance. It's, you know, that's what I go back to again. I believe they're they're probably talking about a five or a six nanometer chip. Currently we have a seven. Um, So currently, yeah, seven. So a five or a six nanometer chip, uh, you can get that many more chips on a wafer. And then you're you're saving that much more money for every production run because you're getting so many more chips per production run um which means that many more consoles per production run for the same amount of money out of the chips anyways which is kind of the expensive part of the production run um yeah Alan, it would you know it would produce less heat and it would use less power things like that so there's consumer benefit to it but in the grand scheme of things this is just more of a money-making thing they change the color of it and they slap you know a similar price tag on it like Right now, I think the Series X is going for four ninety nine US dollars. I th- would imagine this would go for four forty nine. Just call it that. Um, you know, we'll have to see if this one pans out. This one, this rumor, uh, didn't come by way of any of the normal ones I get for for Xbox hardware, and I haven't heard about it directly. I have heard that they were toying with doing white consoles, right? Um, like flipping the color options. And I heard that like two years ago before I was doing a show that uh, they were looking at doing a black series S and a white series X, you know, just flipping the color options. We have the black series S. So maybe that is what's going to happen. We'll see. Anyways, all that talk about that Xbox um, business update kind of lost and all there that uh, that, news cycle was that Nintendo direct that I said was going to happen. It was supposed to happen on the 16th supposed to happen on the 15th here in North America, which is the 16th in Japan, which is Friday. Um, so it's supposed to happen the Thursday, the Thursday that the business update was happening. So I know for a fact Microsoft or sorry, not Microsoft, Nintendo of America discussed that. And they were like, we want to move out of the way of that because reasons. Um, jeff grubb talked about that a fair bit on game S mornings as well so just to kind of you know clarify there's a lot of people saying the exact same thing here um and then they did so right they they came out and they said hey tomorrow at like 9 a.m eastern we're going to have a developer or a partner direct on our uh uh youtube channel and they uploaded the video like there's they didn't by changing it they just literally uploaded the video at a different time. That's all they did. Um, But, you know, they did. They wanted to get it away, the Xbox thing, let the dust settle there. And rightfully so, because two of the games in there were Xbox games, uh, Pentiment and Grounded, which are both from Obsidian, um, are coming to the Switch. I'm just going to kind of run through the bullet points here. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront Classic, uh, Endless Ocean, Disney Epic... Uh, Disney Epic Mickey, Rebrushed, uh, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Rumble, uh, Shin Megami Tensei V, Vengeance, and some others, including rare games um, that are coming to NSO, which is kind of cool. Um, there was a handful of other games. I think it was like 28 minutes, I want to say. Uh, there was some other stuff in there, but there wasn't really a whole lot. You can tell we're kind of winding down the the Switch generation and uh and you know it is what is the the battlefront classic is really cool these are the lucas arts ones not the um like lucasfilm games ones these aren't the ea ones so it's kind of their fan favorites good to see that um you know yeah other than that it's it it is kind of dry uh but we'll see Some NSO games are always good. Seeing Rare come to NSO as well is really good. Uh, Hopefully that means that there's going to be more because there's an awful lot of Rare games that they made for Nintendo over the years that should be on that, that aren't yet. So we'll see how that comes. Um, Pentiment was also released for PS5. And unfortunately, Pentiment runs at 120 frames per second on PS5. And a bunch of people who have really small brains and nothing else to do found that out, and now they're mad. Um, that'd probably get me in trouble there. But anyways, uh, yeah, so it runs at 120 frames on PS5, 60 on Series X. Um, it doesn't make sense, I know. Like, it doesn't matter. It's pe- If you ever played Pentiment, it does not matter. But hear me out here, okay? This is what happened. The update to the Series X version, and and by say this is what happened, I just was talking with the game director about this. Okay, so the update to the Series X version was made in conjunction with the PS5 port. Okay, like there was two paths that were converging in, in development and they were just like, hey, we're just gonna target the same release on that. It just makes sense, right? Instead of releasing the update for the Xbox a week earlier or something like that, they were gonna release them both at the same time. Right? Uh they both support 120 frames now, right? The Series X and the PS five. This was just uh that they had to unlock that in uh the engine due to do engine limitations. So the engine's Unity and it's a little finicky. And 120 frames is a little bit of a trick with it. It's it's not hard it's not impossible it's just a trick right unity's finicky and uh the original the xbox version of this has a bug where the frame rate reverts back to the original cap version of 60 despite it showing that it's at 120 and that has i don't know if that has to do with the direct x layer or or what but that's what's happening is basically the frame rate reverts back to the original but it's saying hey it's at 120 so when you just quickly look at it it goes oh yeah it's fine but when you're If you're actually looking at like your, your frame rate data, right? It's like, no, it's, it's coming through at 60. The PS5 doesn't have that issue again. It's just a silly kind of thing that it happens in the tools. And if you caught it, you caught it. And if you didn't, you didn't. And, uh, I guess they didn't on the Xbox version and they did on the PS5 version or for whatever reason, the PS5 version stuck. It, it doesn't have to do with more care being put onto one or the other. That's not what happened. It's. It's literally just a glitch and it's simple and it's going to get patched like stupid quick, right? Um, I do want to remind everyone that Pentiment is an awesome game, but it's also a hand-drawn 2D game. Frame rate does not matter, like it could be 15 frames a second. I don't think anybody would ever notice. Um, I understand the optics that the PS5 version outperforms the Xbox version. I understand the optics of that being bad. but kind of got to understand, like, shit happens. This was not intentional. And, you know, this update to the Xbox version was planned kind of ahead of time. And then this, the PS5 development, or fork, I guess, rather, was happening elsewhere. And they were just like, hey, we can do that at the same time. And they went, cool. And they did. And it just didn't. Right? Like, that's all. That's, That's all that happened. This is what I like to call puddle news. It's puddle news. It doesn't. It, it's puddle news. What is it? It's a puddle. Done. Okay. Switch 2, reportedly pushed into Q1 2025. Um, this is coming from Andy over at uh, Video Game Chronicles. But, anyways, um, yeah, Switch 2, pushed into Q1 2025. The. Unannounced console missed its unannounced release date, and it's going to yet another unannounced release date. I'm told it's going to release by the end of March in 2025. Um, They expected a bit of a hardware shortage. That shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, And I did hear that a couple of the launch titles need a little bit more work, and they're not going to be kind of ready for the original plan. So now the plan is... Not to launch before the holiday, but to launch after the holiday, right? Basically, we're not going to make original deadline, so we're going to push a whole six months and get to, get to the next deadline, right? Makes sense. If if you're pushing a release date of anything by the by anything that I mean like anything that is developed over the course of a few years by three months, it's not going to make a difference in the quality. If if you're pushing it by six months, it's going to make a difference. Right, three months is hardly enough to do anything. Six months is enough to do something. Right? So this could change how the announcement strategy was planned. Originally, as as I said, it was going to be in March in, in another showcase or director, whatever you want to call it. Um, but now they gotta re kind of figure all that stuff. And as I say this has got a lot to do with how uh money is being spent. And um, on on parts and and materials for these things, and there's just not enough out there to do it. When I say not enough, I mean not enough parts. Not, Nintendo doesn't have a problem with the money, and and they got to re kind of reconfigure their strategy here because now we're we're having a window where there was supposed to be something and there isn't anything now. And Nintendo is normally very good at coming up with plans for this. So, we kind of got to see what that is. We know right now the Nintendo first party pipeline is empty. um, At least it's empty of Switch 1 stuff, right? Uh, So, kind of what comes, right? Like, the only game that hasn't come out that they've said they're working on is Metroid Prime 4, right? Everything else, we don't know officially what they're working on. We know that Metroid Prime 4 is in development for the Switch, However, we can only assume when it comes to that, that it's probably going to be a a dual release coming out on the switch and on the switch Two. whether they stagger those. I'm not sure. You know, other than that, what, what else do they have? Well, third parties got to come up, right? There's going to be a lot of third parties. So we're going to see a lot of that happening. Uh, there's a Fire Emblem remaster that was in the works uh, like 16 months ago. They finished that probably longer than that now. Um, there is uh Metroid Prime two and three remasters from retro. Those should be done ish. So maybe we get those in, in the meantime. And then dare I say it, the Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD pack. Um, yeah, maybe. Right like we've, we heard that it was happening and then it didn't happen. So, right. We, we heard that it was happening like at a specific date, uh, like, uh, it was supposed to happen at the fall direct, like not last year, the year before. And, uh, and then it didn't, we know these games are done. Like they were already, it was remastered for a pack on the Wii U and all they did, uh, all they had to do is change the controller mapping basically for the from the Wii U to the Switch, and they have a tool that does that now, so it really doesn't even need to be done. So as far as we know, that's content complete and QA'd and ready to roll. And they've been sitting on it, probably waiting for a window where, you know, there's not nothing else happening and they can just kind of pop it out. And here we are, and they do that. They did that with Pikmin, and They're they're gonna do it with other games in the future. I think they've done it with Fire Emblem, and I think they've done it with Wind Waker, so fingers crossed. Um, kind of a little bit about that switch too. uh, we have heard a lot about, uh, you know, its features, I guess it, it has that nine inch screen. It's supposed to be LCD. I'm not sure what I think about that yet. Cause it's, you know, a step back from the OLED, but it's bigger. It's also in your hands, so it doesn't really matter. But then when I go from my, my LCD one now to my OLED, that's it. It's quite a bit of difference, and I don't know, but it's Nintendo, and they do goofy stuff. Um, it's supposed to, the dev kits are backward compatible with uh, physical and digital, so we're assuming that the actual console is going to be backward compatible um, with physical and digital. So that should mean that the game carts should be similar. Um, and my understanding there is, Nvidia worked on a compatibility layer because the custom chip for the Switch 2 isn't going to be compatible with the original ones. So they they kind of built a layer to make it work. So that kind of adds up. Um, And then along the lines of, you know, where's all these games? Nintendo uh, PlayStation first party release uh, releases, uh, sorry, don't expect any PlayStation first party releases from major franchises until at least April, 2025. Um, sorry, I started reading the wrong line there. Uh, what does that mean? Well, we have Concord and and similar releases like that should still happen. Like, don't expect anything weird there. Um, and big key takeaway from that is major franchises doesn't mean no franchises, right? You have new franchises, you have smaller franchises, um, I guess they consider AstroBot a smaller franchise. I'm really hoping they consider AstroBot a smaller franchise because we need a new AstroBot. Um, kind of different because we're supposed to be getting the PS5 this holiday, uh, uh, PS5 Pro, and not having something big and shiny to go along with it kind of is weird, but maybe there is something that we don't know about that isn't a major franchise. It could be some key w- wording there. But I would think, you know, things like Ghosts of Tsushima, this major franchise, stuff like that. So maybe there is something else. We don't know. Bend could uh, have something up their sleeves. Um, I don't expect anything out of Naughty Dog as far as release goes. I kind of hope they make an announcement, but we'll see. Um, Kind of what all that is. And then, as I say, it doesn't exclude these other titles that are coming from their first party studios like Concord and and, uh, uh, that heist game. I can't remember what it is, but other stuff like that. So we'll see. And and with that, PSVR 2 is getting PC support, or at least they are testing PC support out on it. So maybe there's some PSVR 2 stuff in there, because as far as I can tell, they've only released one first party game for the PSVR 2, which is pretty sad um and in other news David Vonderhaar who is uh, he's the Call of Duty game director or was the Call of Duty game director at Treyarch uh he was the architect of like the Black Ops franchise he left Treyarch last August um and he is teasing his new project on uh, online there this morning he started uh tweeting it and it is you can go check it out for yourself it is at attract screen dot info that is a t t r a c t s c r e e n dot info um which right now it only contains a looping video scene of a, a it's a red barn with a tractor beside it and some decorations moving in the wind um here's like a it's against a rural field backdrop with some trees and stuff um the loop changes depending on the time of day. So based off of that, I'm assuming that Dave's working on um, a new farming simulator game, I guess. Right. <laughs> In all seriousness, seriousness, I really can't wait to see what he's working on. Um, the guy's got a pretty good imagination. He's got a penchant for storytelling and coming up with some cool stuff. So I bet you it'll be interesting and it's going to be different. And that's the beauty about it is it's not going to be something that would have fit into a bucket over at Call of Duty. Right, it has to be something different because he decided he wanted to, you know, leave and do this. He shipped what eight games, nineteen years over at Call of Duty, and shipped eight games, so pretty impressive. Um, Tomorrow or today or yesterday, whenever you watch this, um, Pokemon Day is coming up. Um, You know, it's it's tomorrow for me right now, anyways. I do expect them to probably announce a remake of black and white. Other than that, I really don't know what else they could have cooking, maybe something smaller. I don't see, we see, I don't think we see anything big out of them until like new Nintendo stuff happens. Maybe they'll talk about some updates and stuff like that. But other than that, uh, I have heard that well and black and white is the next in line, right? So here we are. Um, And one more very big story here. Doom has announced a partnership with Husqvarna. Yeah, the the chainsaw company. Um, You can now play the original Doom on your Husqvarna Nira automower, which is the robotic lawnmower. It has like a digital screen. And you can can play Doom on your lawnmower. It's 2024, motherfuckers. What a time to be alive, eh? Uh, Anyways, yeah. And like, that's real. (laughs) So anyways, that's it for the news. Um, Let's talk about some games, I guess, right? Uh, What have I been playing? Well, same old, same old. You know, I've been back to work, so a lot less play time than what I normally would get. But I have been, you know, I've been grinding away on on Season 2 at Call of Duty. Um, Been stepping back from it a bit. Here and there, it had some serious performance issues last weekend, um, which was not cool. Uh, It was a double XP weekend and and things like the cruise missile just was completely uncontrollable. Like it would just fly straight. Um, Your loadouts all got reset and progression got stopped. So I stopped playing Well, they fixed that. Uh, Challenges weren't unlocking, things like that. So like they broke it, but then they got it back slowly but surely. But anyways, um and they did some tweaks with with maps, stuff like that and spawning. Um which is weird because some of it's gotten better, some of it's gotten way worse. But like I've noticed on certain maps like in Scrapyard for example, when you're approaching the the building that B is in if you're playing domination, which is the the building on let's say the east side of the map long one has a forklift in it and like a loading dock um, that goes down and it heads on down a a ramp to a semi truck. Right. But if you're heading there around the back of the satellite or sorry, what is it? The helipad, right? You're heading around the back of the helipad and you go up against the fence because there's always a sniper on the other side of that building sniping through the door. So you go along the fence, to pick him off Um, the game says you're out of bounds, which is really cool, even though you're not, because there's a fence. So, you think they'd fix that, but here we are. They're just doing other things instead. Um, and, you know, it's just lobbies have been kind of weird and grindy lately. Um, we'll see. Let's see if they fix it. But anyways, so instead of getting stressed out with that, you know, I've been playing Minecraft with the kids and, and stuff like that. Um, booted up pal world. And my wife and I have been playing that, uh, on co-op. We've got a fair bit going on there. It's fun. It is, you know, it's, it's, it's a survival game with, weird little creatures and guns and stuff and yeah i got a monkey that runs around with smgs on my and rides me uh rides on my shoulders that's really cool or no that that's a chipmunk that rides on my shoulders i think with the uh with the assault rifle but you can have a monkey with an smg you can have penguin launch a penguin with a rocket launcher i got a panda with a rocket launcher cool stuff Anyways, we find it's a bit of a hoot, and we like the loop of going out and gathering materials and stuff. There's a lot of balancing that needs to happen there. Um, you need a lot more ore to craft uh, your ingots for your stuff, because you need such a, a large amount of, of ingots to produce anything of any any importance, right? Like you want to build that production line, oh, it's going to take you 100 ingots. And it's like, okay, but to get that much more, I got to do this and that and the other things. So like they got to scale that a little bit better to stop the demand from being there so much. Um, right, just, just kind of find the balance and they'll tweak it, right? And that, that's part of early access is to find the tweaks and those things. Um, the other thing is, is like your your pals, like you can assign them tasks in your camp or in your base, right? Uh, And when I say you can assign them tasks, uh, they basically self-assign themselves, right? So if you have a a pal that is lights fire, uh, they will go do the fire-related tasks. And if you have a pal that um, does water or or cooling or something like that, they'll go do associated tasks. Electricity, they'll go do that. Um, So I got pals that are overworking themselves doing completely voluntary stuff, right? Like I don't need wooden wood and stone at all. Like I need, I need ore, but I don't need wood and stone. And yet I have these, these guys are working themselves and they actually get themselves drained to a point where they're unsatisfied and they're angry and they protest because they're knocking down trees all the time and, and carrying the wood. And it's like, but I'm not telling you to do that, right? So we need to be able to like control that a little bit, right? And you can set up um, like a command post where you can have them work at like a normal level, which is socially acceptable. You can kind of grind into them a little bit and then there's like full blown, like I'm going to be as inhumane as possible and stand here with a whip and whip you if you don't do the job thing. And they need to just put in like a, hey, just chill layer (laughs) to that, right? Um, so there's that, uh, what else is it? Oh, dungeons. Yeah. There's like dungeons all over the map in this place. So the map is huge. It's really cool, but you can't get into them. Like you go into the dungeon and the game just cold, uh, uh boots you back to the uh, dashboard every single time. So like they got to optimize that and, f- and fix that. Um, and then the other thing is, is like. Amanda's playing on Series S and I'm playing on Series X and I have beautiful lush textures and hers looks like she's playing it on an N64. And it's like, okay I get that the Series S isn't that great, but like, it can get pumped up much more than that, right? Most games you put the two side by side and it's pretty indistinguishable in between the two. So, like, that was just it's overkill, I think. So so there's that. Anyways, and, you know, I'll see how long I stick with it, right? I I, I like it. It's fun, but we'll see, right? you got to see with these kind of things. And then um, what was the other one? It was on uh, Game Pass. Oh, Return to Grace, which has made a, a locally made game to me anyways. Um. um. Was it's on, uh, it's on Game Pass now. I think it's on PC Game Pass too. So check it out, Return to Grace. It is kind of like an exploration narrative game. Um, you know, there's no combat really or anything like that where you're exploring a, a space installation that is basically inhabited by artificial intelligence. So you're a human and they're AI. And you got to make choices and decisions and stuff like that to get through these AIs to get through the facility to, to your ultimate goal. And there's, it's a really cool kind of narrative. Uh, The, I found the way that it presented the story really good. There's some cool puzzles involved here. There's lots of Easter eggs, for example, um, you know, obviously it takes place in the future. It takes place on a bloody space station. Uh, So you go into a bathroom in, in one instance, it's, and it's completely uh, like a voluntary, side mission not even really a side mission like it doesn't tell you that it's a side mission i just kind of went wandering off and i found this bathroom and you go into the bathroom and uh your character makes a comment about i can't believe people used to go to the bathroom in a toilet with uh or you know a porcelain bowl that has water in it right like that's weird and this thing is just some weird contraption that you've never seen before anyways but on the shelf uh, right beside it is three seashells which is from demolition man right so that you know things like that little kind of tweaks like that right and because the whole joke in, in demolition man was it, it was demolition man right um sloan going like what are the seashells for right like i don't get how to use the seashells and then everybody's like he doesn't get how to you know how to use the seashells right he doesn't understand that so it, kind of fun little gimmicks in there and then a compelling story, a compelling narrative. And then when you get kind of to the end, it, it is what you make of it. And I think that's really special and really well done. And especially from a very small studio and a local one, I thought was kind of cool. Um, and that's kind of it for games, really uh, say, so, you know, what can I say more about Minecraft? I've played it plenty of times. Um, just finally got into it for real Z uh this time and it, it's been good um enjoy it i got really lost but then i found my way back so there's that i i have a a thing on my phone here now of uh and i, I don't know if the phone will pick it up where uh or if the camera now see the camera's not picking it up kind of maybe could and this is just the coordinates in the blocks of like where certain things are in it, because I kept on getting lost. So at least now I can always return home. And then, you know, I also use my phone for, those are all the unlocks for camos and, uh, and modern warfare three. Anyways, So we have, uh, I've been playing a lot of, of those games and, just kind of off and on here and there right now i'm playing like some puzzle game i think it's called a little to the left and it feels like a a tablet game that's been pushed over to here anyways that's about it for the games that i have been playing but i did get a question on twitter from uh wildfire alex and let's uh let's see here so if xbox starts shipping games to other platforms even if it's just small titles to start, where does it stop? Why buy an Xbox? And I think that's an absolutely valid point. Um, you know, as a consumer, you've, you've put money there, and if them changing their exclusive strategy uh, threatens that or, or disappoints you in any way, then I think that's completely valid. But let's, let's kind of look at the reality or what we know of the situation. Xbox consoles are still getting day and date, first party, exclusive games through Game Pass. Um, so that's kind of two bonuses, right? Uh, you know, you're getting your ex- your exclusive games, day and date, and on Game Pass, you're getting them too. Um, and then games that do go multi-platform, you've already had them, right? There's that window, right? Like, Pentiment's two years old, Hi-Fi is, what, just over a year old, uh, Grounded's been a few years like i know it had its 1.0 release last year or whatever but it's been out for a while in the grand scheme of things sea of thieves is like six years old right so you kind of look at that and you go i get it right it's a little different but you know where does that stop does that mean you know the next fallout or the next indian or what happens to indiana jones things like that right and that that's kind of the important part of it to to consumers and i still think there's going to be exclusive windows for you to play those things whether it's six months or or a year or whatever it is on xbox and and the games that there aren't as i say like those live service games you're still getting them kind of day and date on game pass and the biggest thing to remember is those are going to be the spots to play it right that is going to be where the premium experience is going to be had as as Xbox pushes their hardware away from the other companies, right? You know, whether they come up with a handheld or something, they, they're going to come up with a way to differentiate it because it's the only it's the next business move. It's the only thing that seems to be make sense that's left on the chessboard to do. Right. So if they're going to do that, Xbox becomes the place to play the games, right? It makes a big difference there. So, you know, we'll see. And as I said, Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment are like a long ways away from Gears and Halo. Like we don't need to worry about that stuff. I think Gears maybe has a better chance of happening than than a lot of these other ones that we've heard. Because you could you kind of come up with a Gears collection right now. Like technically we have it all through back compat on uh, on Series X right now, but you could take like a collection Spit Shine it make it run at 60 frames and and look good slap it onto the ps5 for 60 bucks of all the past games 60 70 dollars whatever it is and uh and sell it and then when gears six comes out right oh yeah but you can't have that right like this is gear six like we gave you those ones you got to wait like two years for that and the fomo will kick in and things like that And maybe it'll move some consoles maybe it'll get people into the ecosystem and then you just drop it on there after that's fine right it it's not betraying anybody when they do that right like i could care less about exclusives really at the end of the day i just don't care i just don't see how they're going to fully transition away from that i think the day is gone where exclusives are the this big huge thing but i don't see them getting rid of it entirely it's still going to happen yeah time will tell we'll see if i'm right Anyways, thank you so much for the question. Um, I think that just about does it. I don't have anything else here to really talk about with that. Uh, it was a busy kind of uh, period of time, but there was a lot of that that happened and then got resolved and all that. So I did want to you know, talk about how this got brought through and all the changes to everything um, with that and put that into context. But I don't think there's anything really amazing kind of in the or not amazing um that caught us off guard nothing that we weren't expecting at least if you were following along on the show uh i think everything that's been announced makes sense i will put together some more stuff and hopefully have a good episode coming out this next week um other than that i think that's about it so you can find more from us on Twitter by following at Amarin Studios, that is A-M-A-R-R-E-N-S-T-U-D-I-O-S, or on YouTube. Our link is in the description of the audio show. And if you do watch us on YouTube and want to bring us with you on the go, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you want to find your pods. I've been warned. You've been the best audience I could ever ask for. Thank you for joining me and see you next time. Goodbye. thank you for watching the well-played podcast you can get more from captive portal on the free music archive the link is in the description thank you to jason shaw from Audionautics.com for the use of our actual music free production music by jason shaw at Audionautics.com. the amaran studios name and logo as well as the well-played name and logo are all trademarks of amaran studios all video game and other media content is trademarks of the respective owners This podcast is produced by Warren Curtis with support from Amanda Curtis. Thank you.